back to another episode of You and I for the Kenai. We're back at Lee Shore Center today. I'm with Eric and Cobran, Ashley and Renee. And today we're here to talk about Green Dot. Um, if you guys could just give us an overview of exactly what is Green Dot. Well, Green Dot is a community-based bystander intervention program that really provides community members with tools and skills in which they can help reduce power-based violence in our community. And can you guys kind of tell us how this all got started? Yeah, very interesting story. Uh, as everyone out there knows, generally Alaska leads the nation in numbers, uh, highest rates of child abuse, sexual assault, and domestic violence. And we had an individual from the um, Alaska Network on Domestic Violence visit a, a university campus in Kansas City and uh, discovered that it was a Green Dot community. So it was abundantly clear to her that Green Dot was going on on this campus. And so she uh, asked, what is this Green Dot community? And it was explained to her that this was a curriculum that was written by a Dr. Dorothy Edwards uh, when she realized that we were sending our children off to college without some of the really needed skills to keep themselves safe. And so uh, we approached, Alaska approached Dr. Edwards and asked her about taking it to community level. And she said, well, I've never done it. I wrote it for college, but let's try it. So Alaska spent three years uh, with Dr. Edwards writing a curriculum specific to Alaska. So you wouldn't take our curriculum here that we built in this state and implement it in Ohio. Okay. Uh, that you would want the state of Ohio to take that on and build a curriculum that fits and resonates with, with their state. Mm -hmm. um, and so we launched it about three and a half years ago, the curriculum at the community base, and are continuing to provide uh, educational opportunities for the community. So Alaska was leading edge in creating a community-based uh, bystander intervention program with Dr. Edwards. So you know, it's a bystander intervention program. The bystander effect emerged out of basically this incident that happened, I believe, in New York, uh, right? And a young woman, I believe, was murdered in her apartment, which was unfortunate, but the fact that somebody died in New York was not crazy necessarily. What was really interesting and drew the attention of a lot of uh, like social psychologists and other psychologists as well was the idea that they had that what had happened with this woman that she had supposedly could be heard by many people in a busy apartment building, right? Like basically calling out for help and for I think multiple hours and nobody did anything about it. And they were like, wow, like so many people around, nobody did anything. And they started to investigate and eventually they hypothesized that perhaps like the more people that were around, the, more, the less likely somebody would actually do anything. Because as you said earlier, right, people start to take on this idea that someone else is going to do it, or it's not quite my problem. Or they just don't understand. We use social cues if we mm -hmm. don't know, if we're unsure about a situation. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not sure if something is dangerous, I'm going to look around, mm -hmm. right? Oh, I, we always joke, you see people walking up to go take pictures of moose or something. You're not going to see an Alaskan walking up to a moose because we're not insane. We're usually the one grabbing the tourist going, no, no, step yeah. back, step back, yeah. that can stomp you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we look for those social cues. And when everyone freezes and looks to everyone else for those social cues and nobody has any idea what they're doing, right. nobody acts. Right. And that can be really unfortunate. The upside to that is we know that the best way to overcome the bystander effect is with training. Education. Yes. Right. So what I always uh, say to people is imagine if you saw someone having a heart attack 
in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. The first person who's going to run up is probably going to be a doctor or a nurse, followed mm-hmm. by an EMT. And me, who maybe only has my CPR certification, ah. if none of those people show up, then I'm going. Because I do have enough training to know what I'm supposed to do in that situation. That's how we overcome that, is by giving people the skills and tools to understand what it is that they are looking at and how to respond. Mm-hmm. So that's... it's um, a really fascinating program in that uh, sense. And I think what's interesting about the bystander effect is that, or just the basic idea, right, is that we all do, I think, in that moment, or at least what the research would seem to indicate, is that like we all do in that moment think someone else is going to do it. But obviously, if everybody thinks that somebody else is going to do it, or somebody else is going to step in, nobody actually does. And so it's kind of becoming aware of that, and then you're like, oh, wow. The fact of the matter is that there's a lot of people around and nobody's likely to do this, you know? Like, it's kind of up to me at this point. Or, right. you know, right? I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? Is that people would... And I digress a little bit, but this was really interesting because I knew about the bystander effect for years. And, like, last year, I was at a movie and you hear a knock on, like, the door, like, of the back of the theater and you hear, like, a open up, help me, help me, help me. And like whether this person was serious or not, I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because everybody like looked around at each other and was like, oh gosh. And it was pretty like, I think the general overall idea in the room was like, this woman needs help. It's at least, you know, that's what it seemed like. And everybody kind of was like looking around like, and I think we all at that moment, and I I remember precisely because right afterward I was like, oh my gosh, I just did it. I was like, oh, well, someone's going to open that door. Well, someone's going someone's gonna to let her in, and nobody did, right? I mean, we all just looked at each other and were like, oh, yeah, someone else is going to do this. And I was like, right after, I was like, oh, my gosh, I just straight up bystander, even though I don't know if that's a word. Maybe a big digression, but ultimately, the Green Dot program, right, is to say, like, there's this idea that we all may, like, all may somewhat believe that this is someone else's problem. And the fact of the matter is that when we all believe that, nothing, some things that need to happen such as intervention of power-based violence, don't happen, Correct. right? So, Or maybe you even have uh, good intentions uh, and you just don't know what to do. Like maybe you're like, man, I wish I knew how to, to fix this, but you know what? And maybe your solution, if it's you know a friend of yours or, or someone you kind of know, is to just leave because you just don't know. And you're like, well, I, I can't deal with this. And there's a stress of, wanting to do something but having no idea so you're like I guess I won't think about it and I think that kind of starts up the looking away from what is happening because you just don't know and you're not expected to know so it's no big deal right? yeah and like Ashley said you look around and everybody else is kind of doing the same thing like I guess this is fine and and nothing happens so what exactly is a, a green dot let's start there I know there's green dots I know there's red dots well, we generally want to start with the green dot, with the red dot, and talk about what red dot is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Let's then the do focus that. shifts to green dot because we're really not the mm-hmm. the curriculum isn't called red dot; it's right. called green dot. Right. And so, when we talk about red dots, we ask people to kind of visualize our community on a map, right? Okay. And all these little red dots are popping. I remember up. when I drew Alaska? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just envision the yeah. map of Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can even, you know, narrow it down right. to your very own community. Sure. Kind of that shared vision that we all live here. And little red dots are popping up all over our map. And they are 
So a red dot is when someone chooses to use their words or their actions or their behaviors to harm another individual. Okay. So a red dot is a hit. A red dot is choosing to have sex with someone without their consent. Mm -hmm. A red dot is a caregiver neglecting the child in their care. Mm -hmm. So it's just a moment in mm -hmm. time where someone chooses uh, or uses actions or words to harm another individual. And we do know by research, just, you know, generally about 60% of the time, there are individuals positioned when these red dots are occurring. But only 15% of the time are they able to intervene. And so we see Green Dot program as providing people with skills. We feel like only 15% are able to do something because they just don't have that skills and that knowledge. They don't know what they're looking at. And then once they realize what they're looking at, what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. I know we talked earlier, asked about the different, like how a red dot may become a green dot. So a red dot is when that power-based violence is not addressed, right? Just allowed to happen. And if something, and if some form of power-based violence occurs and somebody steps in to some extent of like, that's not right, that needs to stop, not here, buddy, take it on down the road, that's they some form of intervention. Or, yeah. And so that is a green dot, right? So like a type of violence that is not, that sees no intervention is a red dot. Is a and red dot on our map. Violence that sees an intervention or what's interesting, and maybe we can get into this, is there's kind of two types of green dots, right? There's the, what was it, the reactive? The reactive. Is that what it's called? So okay. we see something and we're yeah. going to do something. Okay. And then there's also a preventative, which is kind of the ultimate goal, right? Correct. A prevent, is it a prevention? Proactive. 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 We call them proactive. Okay. proactive. So those are things that we're going to start doing in our everyday life mm -hmm. and the message that we're going to send out to those that are close to us in our work life and our family life that violence will not be tolerated and mm -hmm. we're all expected, you know, we're all doing our part to keep this from happening. Mm -hmm. So it's really about, proactive is about putting messages throughout our community that say that violence isn't tolerated. How are people going to know when they roll up in here that we don't tolerate it here and we're all looking out for each other because mm -hmm. I think we've talked in some of the other podcasts about how we so easily want to turn our head and not kind of pay attention to what's going on and so it's time for us to kind of take the blinders off and get the peripheral vision going and paying attention to what's going on in our community and being mm -hmm. a part of it. Um, you can do proactive green dots anytime, anywhere. Uh, a proactive green dot is wearing a button that says we do green dots here because hopefully somebody will ask you about that and you'll have the opportunity to share the green dot message with them. Mm -hmm. Taglines in your email address. So every time an email goes out to someone, they read that and they see that, and you're giving that message. This is kind of how I. This is the stance I have on this in my community. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. I'm not going to tolerate it. And I really do expect us all to be doing what we can to reduce it and hopefully diminish it altogether. Right. Yeah. I, uh, when looking through, we have this for our listeners. I have this uh, rather thick kind of prevention green dot violence prevention strategy booklet. Uh, and I was looking through this, and it's Dorothy, the author, Edwards and Creators, right, um, references Facebook a lot. Um, she references kind of how, like, it started off, right, Zuckerberg starts Facebook, small, I, I mean, not a small idea, but it was just a Harvard-based, kind of university, Harvard-based thing, right? Right. So we so usually maybe you use can talk the, about the, this. Do you know where a, I'm going a, with yeah, this? Yeah, we use okay. a visualization right. that if you want to picture, picture Mark Zuckerberg in his dorm room, typing away his computer, creating Facebook. Nice. And when he gets done, he creates the first username and password, right, and logs in. And then if he'd have been like, oh, hey, that's cool, and then got up, went and coughed coffee, and never looked at it again we wouldn't have the tremendous amount of social change for good or ill that we have with 
the popularity of Facebook. Or just its presence, right? Right. Yeah. So it, instead, he went ahead and sent out a note to all his buddies, hey, check this out, takes two minutes, username, password, and we can all play games, share pictures, message each other. And the, from there, they all took that two minutes to log in and then went home to their families over the Christmas break and said, hey, check out this thing. You too can username and password, take two minutes, share pictures, play games, message each other without email. However that system is. We don't know exactly when we had this shift. And I think we can definitely say that it's a, a shift of our norms, right. um, the mm -hmm. prevalence of social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't know if it was at a million people or 10 million people, but at this point, I think the last stats that almost half the world has a Facebook account wow. and it has directly impacted how we share messages, articles, pictures, contact each other, interact with each other, politics, all of that. Everything. It is, can, One can, of the most recent stats we heard was there are one billion likes, comments, tags that occur every 24 hours on Facebook. Wow. Billion. Jeez. A day. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, at what point did it make that shift? We're not sure. Yeah. But but it all started with two minutes of time. Sure. That's It's not him doing this tremendous thing. It didn't start out as this tremendous thing. Yeah. It started out as a little thing. And everyone took the time to do the little thing until it built into a, a huge thing. So that's the kind of message that we're, we're sharing because it's you don't have to strap on some spandex and say you're going to go save the world because you want to do green dots. That's not the way this works. It's not necessarily all-consuming of your life, and hopefully Facebook isn't either. Right, right. Um, it's taking that time when you see that opportunity to do those, those small changes, and they add together. Yeah. Yeah, Renee and I just recently attended a Green Dot community training, and that was one of the really interesting things to me. It's one of the, one of the main ideas that this curriculum really preaches is meeting people where they're at yes. and not asking anybody to do too much they're not comfortable doing. You know, we have what they call what we call barriers, right? Whether it be, you know, in your family life or in your social life, you know, maybe it's your boss. You know, I mean, there are real life implications to a lot of these situations. So we're not asking anybody to go out and, you know, break grab down the barriers. Sword. Yeah, you know, we're just kind of trying to get around the ones we can. You know, and there's some we're not asking you to run through brick walls. It's more just, you know, doing what you can when you can, and kind of every little thing helps and counts. So doing what you can when you can. What can one do, what right? One do? I mean, what there are some basic. So why don't we start with reactive right? green dots? Okay. We use what's called the three Ds. So we talked a little okay. bit about barriers, right? If you're a shy person, you're not going to spontaneously stop being a shy person just because somebody's in need. Mm -hmm. um, we have to find ways around that. So we use the three Ds, and the first is direct, and that's exactly the way it sounds. If it is appropriate and safe for that situation, maybe you know these people or you feel safe enough, you can walk up and be like, hey, you know, is everything okay here? Or, you know, this doesn't look all right. This looks like it's going to go sideways. You need to stop. This is not appropriate behavior. Uh, my, really, asking people how, if they're okay, it to me is tremendously powerful because it makes them aware that they are being observed and it gives them an opportunity to de-escalate the situation in a, a healthy and safe manner. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that's not safe. Sometimes that's not something that you're going to be comfortable doing and we don't want you to put yourself at risk. So we have delegate. Maybe it's time to call the cops. Maybe it's time to get the manager. Maybe it's time to notify the bartender, mm -hmm. the bouncer. Mm -hmm. Chances are if you're there witnessing these situations, there are other people there as well, and you do not have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. The whole point is that we don't have to do any of this alone. We're together in this. 
Lastly is Distract, and as bizarre as that sounds, it's my favorite, because you're only limited by your imagination. So sometimes you want to intervene in a situation and you don't want them to know that's what you're doing. Uh, so I have accidentally set off my car alarm, accidentally in quotation marks. I have asked for directions to Fred Myers. Doesn't matter, I've lived here 16 years. In Fred Myers. Right, right. I'll be in the parking lot. Hey, you know where the building is? I can't find it. Or where's the milk? Yeah. Where's the milk? Yeah. It works. Sure. Whatever it takes to, to give them that moment to take a step back and take a breather and de-escalate. Um, we make jokes about um, accidentally falling, if you can do so safely, and... and um, Renee has joked about doing that because she's um, slightly older than I am and, and it seems like it'd be more... Clumsy. Uh, believable. I'm pretty clumsy, I don't know. Uh, we've had instances where someone, another one of our trainers, actually knocked on the door of a couple having an argument in the apartment complex above them and asked them for a can opener. Which brilliant. is really brilliant to me, because a cup of sugar, they're just going to give you the sugar and you're going to go away. The can opener, they have to you stop. Gotta bring it back. They have to go find uh, it. And then they have to bring it back. You bring it back about 30 minutes later. And he was actually able to sit and speak with them and kind of uh, help them a little further, which that's tremendous to me, because I'll be honest, I'd have called the cops. That's, that's not a situation I necessarily would have felt brave enough to intervene directly. And that's okay. But yeah, so we've done, we've had for people do drive-by green dots where they've just driven by and checked on people without getting in their car. We've had, sometimes it can be something as simple. My boss actually walked up to a woman. She was being screamed at in the Walmart parking lot because that's where these exciting things tend to happen. And she did nothing more but stand there and look at the man screaming at her. Didn't say a word. Just stood there with this woman so she knew she wasn't alone and let him know he was being watched. And she's, what, maybe 5'2"? She's a little old grandma. <laughs> uh, not super intimidating by any means, but you can guess he ran out of steam pretty dang quickly and, and mm -hmm. went on his way. Mm -hmm. So we want to give people options that are safe and yeah. effective okay. and give them the ability to, to plan. So we do um, overviews for the community where we go... A little more in depth than we're probably going to hear on some of these things and then we have bystander trainings which are typically four to six hours and if you have people who are really interested in kind of making sure they recognize the signals of potential red dots understanding what they're looking at and practicing ways to intervene that it's going to be safe and comfortable for them because we know that having a plan and having training is what's going to increase that likelihood that they're going to intervene mm -hmm. um, then we encourage people to come to those trainings which we try to do quarterly Okay. Um, but yeah, so those are our reactive three Ds. On the other hand, we have our proactive green dots, which is the idea that if we create that community where if someone thinks they're going to have ill intent, they're going to realize they can't do it here, right? We all have certain societal norms that are expected of us. Like we all know that it's not appropriate to drop your pants in the middle of Safeway and use the restroom, right? There are certain criteria for the way that we exist in our, in our society. Mm -hmm. If we can get to the point where people know that it's not okay to scream at your kid or your spouse in the grocery store, it's not okay to, you know, um, behave that way even in your own home, uh, and that your neighbors are going to call, or, you know, someone's going to intervene, or your pastor is going to get involved, or whatever it happens to be, mm -hmm. um, that's when we basically paint the town green so those red dots aren't even going to try to land, sure. because they're going to know. You, you know there are certain things that if you do them, there's going to be consequences, right? right. right? And we want to make sure that people know that if they try this, there's going to be someone there to say, no, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And even as an individual uh, trying to speak out, the more you spread this message around, the easier it's going to be, because... If you look around and everyone's in shock in, say, a, like a red dot situation, you're going to be, you're probably not going to want to act 
but if everyone is already looking like they're not approving of it and you know just all it takes is one person then to be like hey knock it off and then you have a bunch of people because they already understand what's going on so the more you have that knowledge i think the easier it is to uh stick up and actually make a green knot happen well, and the research has shown that if one person will step forward, other people will follow. So mm. sometimes it just takes that one to galvanize others into action. Yeah. So even if we don't get every person on the peninsula to be familiar with Green Dot, if we get a percentage, and I think the percentage is like 10%, I think by population is what they want for saturation. If we can get 10% of the population to be ready um, and able to recognize and step in, then our community will be safer as a whole. Mm -hmm. The college campus where this program started did a five-year study uh, after implementing Green Dot, and in five years, they reduced violence by 50%. Wow. 50%, 50 is a wow. tremendous number for violence prevention. Oh, yeah. The wow. state of Alaska has been working on a variety of violence prevention programs for the last five years, and I think we were down 5%. And we are tremendously happy just being down 5% because right. that means we're going in the right direction. So kind of circling back to what a green dot is, you know, we've talked about what a red dot is and now we've been able to talk about a green dot and just like a red dot is a moment in time, green dot is a moment in time as well. So that moment in time that you may uh, get directly involved or that moment in time where you may check in with a security guard or even an elder, somebody who can assist you. Um, or you're going to distract uh, and be a little goofy. Green Dot is that moment in time that we're going to take, and we're going to, and I'm going to take a moment, and, and Aaron's going to take a moment, and Eric's going to take a moment, and Kobe's going to take a moment. And as these moments start occurring, and it's not just one moment in my year of life, it's many moments that I'm going to take this opportunity, our moments begin to perpetuate into one large message in our community. Mm -hmm. There's more of us that say this isn't acceptable than there are of you showing those behaviors. One of the things I like about this, without knowing, you know, know a little bit about it now, um, at least just like personally hearing it is, doesn't seem too overwhelming, you know, as an individual, like I, like what's expected of me or how I can like potentially make a difference is, you know, just start to intervene and send small messages um, everyday messages. I don't, I guess kind of what you guys had said before, you know, you don't have, to, I don't have to go out and like build well, some. Well, I'm sure you look fetching in spandex. Yeah, you, you, there's no superhero no requirements. Right, yeah, right. No. It's just doable. You know, it sounds doable. Well, we really need to know that just by living in and moving through our community, we have the ability to strike change. Mm -hmm. And whether that's through our informal discussions with our coworkers and our family members and our mm -hmm. friends, um, modeling healthy behaviors, healthy relationships with our coworkers and our family members. Um, there's things that we can do every day that should be natural to many of us um, to start sending that message and creating that new norm in our society. Because right now, um, our society is really uh, allowing unacceptable rates of violence to occur. Mm -hmm. How, how, I guess, how can people keep up with Green Dot? You know, if they're listening today they, or they come across, I saw, you know, I saw, like we talked about earlier, we saw an advertisement for it on TV. I guess, like, you see an advertisement or you hear about it today. I guess, how do you keep up with it in any fashion? You so, know? we've got a couple of different options. This is a program that, again, was kind of spearheaded by the state, even though it's, it's local to each community. Mm -hmm. So, we have a state website, it's green.alaska.com. Okay. Um, if you're in the Kenai area specifically and you want to keep up on Kenai Green Dot, we have a Facebook page, um, uh -huh. Green Dot Kenai. 
Uh, and if you're in a different area or you want to share this message with other people, you can go to the state website and see what other places. Anchorage has a Green Dot program. Homer has an excellent Green Dot program. Fairbanks. Um, Fairbanks. I uh, know Juno's. No. So if you're wanting to find, you could probably just put in like your Google bar, Green Dot, and then whatever location you're looking for. And, it and you're probably, probably find going to you find the closest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or of course, they can always call Renee and I here at the Lee Shore Center. We'll be right. happy to talk to them. Yeah. You can reach us at 283-9479. Yeah. 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 And let you know when the next upcoming event is. And we try to be out in the community and attend various things. We'll be at Ladies' Night this Friday at the Sportsman's Warehouse, um, right by the front door. So part of those proceeds go to the Lee Shore Center. So we make sure to always um, attend. It's a fantastic night for, for people who want to come and um, have a good time. And we'll be there and happy to talk with anyone. You said, sorry. Oh, so how would someone... Uh, get like an overview of of the uh the key points of green dot you guys have like a there's a state website right there's a state website and if anyone is interested in having um to attend an over of overview we'll be more than happy to let them know when the next one is we mm -hmm. also are more than happy to attend we go to rotary functions churches we will uh, come to places of business if we're mm -hmm. invited in if they're is an agency or business in the community that is interested in learning more about Green Dot, we, we will schedule a time to come and talk with them specifically about the Green Dot program and, yeah, we will and come how to they you. can be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So that overview, is that just really highlighting the situations and what to do specifically? I mean, like, how much more extensive is that than, I guess, the summary of the idea? An overview can range anywhere from just 10 to 15 minutes to up to 90 minutes. Okay. I mean, so depending on people's availability and time, because, mm -hmm. of course, the 90 minute is going to give you the most information, but not everyone has an hour and a half to spend with us. Okay, so um, varies. That's cool. Right. Nice. And, and so, yeah, it can be that simple. And then wow. if they want more information, then we encourage the bystander training. Mm, yeah. So come to And come this is a half day. You really, um, we do a lot of activities. We really uh, try to talk about barriers, um, where people are at, because they're not going to magically disappear. So we have to build a plan for that. It's an individual plan for you of how you're going to uh, maneuver through your community being a green dotter. Yeah. Um, and so the, the bystander training, uh, you get your own little booklet, you leave with it. And so it's there to remind you. Uh, it's easier to share with other family members. But it's a little more intensive. Um, and you'll leave there probably with... A lot, a lot more, a lot more skills than you would in an overview. Sure, a lot so of opportunity awesome. to yeah. practice. And Even the ninety-minute overview, I would know we do some sample like activities, and some mm -hmm. kind of introduction activities to kind of entice the bystander training. Yeah. So I would encourage ninety-minute overviews that I might one day get to do. You can. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So I know Aaron attended this uh, training in Anchorage. So I guess I, with uh, you, right, Renee, you guys are both there. Yes. Um, so I guess I want to kind of put Aaron on the spot here because I feel like if he went there, we may as well get some information from him. So what were, uh, what were some of the things you learned? I guess, okay, that's too broad. Uh, what was like the most interesting thing you learned? How to meet people where they're at and how to kind of give them this information in a quick one to two minutes if that's all they got. Because like, I mean, Renee and I talked about when we were there, we don't get a lot of 90-minute opportunities. And we don't get, to be frank, we don't get a huge audience a lot of the time, from what I understand. Okay. And so it is very connective, and it is very, sometimes one-on-one, -on -one, from what I understand. Yes. It's a, seemingly going to be more effective this way. You know, because we're not asking for this giant 
big shift right now. I mean, we understand it's going to take time. We understand that it is something like Renee talked about, her grandson just being born. By the time he's 20, hopefully this shift has happened. So I do like that we get to meet people where they're at. We're not, you know, putting on capes and the fact that we're not asking people to bust through these walls that we know exist. We're not asking people to do the impossible. So you talk about these barriers. Um, it sounds like, because I haven't learned about really any of these barriers, but it sounds like the potential barriers are maybe like some like certain personality traits that are going to make it difficult for people, such as being like particularly introverted. Right. And if, maybe if you're an introvert or you're shy or you're non-confrontational or passive, you got to find you, other yeah, ways. Yeah, you're not to... going to be the one running up in someone's face, going, "Hey, you better knock that off." Because this is almost inherently right. confrontational. Right. I and then say. there's there's relationship barriers. Right. Sometimes it's not always strangers. What happens when it's like, family members? What happens right. when it's your in-laws or right. church members? Yeah. And you don't want to be considered the the party pooper or the Debbie Downer. The de or yeah. The, you oh, know. oh, you're gonna make or Thanksgiving really like awkward if you do right. this. Well right. guess what? Thanksgiving's gonna be awkward. It's already <laughs> but, yeah. but how do you it's already awkward. There are so there are constraints from our relationships sure. that okay. necessarily they're not all of our loved ones are gonna always be with us on these things. Okay. Um, and that's so the cool thing about the bicycle intervention training. Realistic. It is realistic and that they we do tailor to you specifically because mm -hmm. my barriers aren't going to be the same as your barriers as aren't going to be the same as right. Ashley's barriers. They're mm -hmm. very specific person to person. And so these bystander intervention training really gives you a lot of tools and helps you, really gets you to think about what are my barriers and what's the best way not to necessarily bust through them but kind of get Around, around them that, if I yeah. can. Yeah. What else can I do? Yeah. You know, what else can I do? Because there's lots of options out there. But I know with me, some of the barriers that did exist in the beginning as I've worked Green Dot and I've learned more, I've been able to challenge some of my own barriers yeah. and be able to rise yeah. to the occasion mm -hmm. at times where I don't think four years ago I would have because yeah. I just didn't have the tool set to do mm -hmm. that. Uh, and then there's some that all those barriers are going to be their barriers from here on out. And that's okay. That's all right. Because we've got something that you can do in Green Dot as well. Mm -hmm. So there's something for everyone in Green Dot. I think that's the other thing I really, really liked about it is there's something for everyone. Very inclusive. Yeah. And we try to keep it very positive. There's lots of positive things that you yeah. can do. Our proactive yeah. is engaging in conversation. You can share articles. You can share videos. We have some on our Facebook. Do a podcast with a resource yeah, agency in your community, <laughs> you know? There you go. But yeah, like videos of, of bystanders intervening. There's lots of... My favorite are the ones with food. If you have not yet seen Pizza Guy or Chip Guy, these are people who literally stop fights while eating food. It's That's tremendous to me. That's they just They never hilarious. say a word. Nope, just... just eating their lunch, fighting, you know, fighting violence. Fighting Red Dots. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So sharing those kinds of things, uh, just promoting this idea that this is the norm that we want here. So just uh, before we wrap up, you know, if people are, as we look to kind of make the shift here in ways that both stop violence while it's occurring in some ways, as well as kind of, like you said, paint the town green with just our general message that it's not allowed here. Um, you said there were, I really like this because there were a few different options. There were three Ds. Can you just kind of refresh us one last time on the three Ds? Absolutely. We have our direct, when you get directly involved, delegate, and distract, okay. which you're only limited by your imagination when you use distract. <laughs> yeah. So the three Ds, uh, direct, delegate, distract. Maybe you need a can opener or something like that. Um, 
which is just cool because confrontation can be hard for people, I think. And it's just, it's interesting that there's, you know, some other ways around. This. Well, and, and we, we know that it can, it can be dangerous and we certainly yeah. don't want anybody uh, in harm's way. So our, our thing is, you know, if, if you don't feel safe, do not go near the situation. Find another way. Know that there will be times in your life where you're going to witness a red dot or mm -hmm. see a red dot occurring yeah, yeah. and you may not be able to do anything at that time. Mm -hmm. We want you to know that that's okay. That happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that people know that even mm -hmm. after they've been to the training that there may still be times in which we have personal barriers that keep us from um, mm -hmm. being able to do something. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there are some practical solutions to a lot of barriers, but at times, right, there may be some barriers that are just really, really, really hard to navigate and that the fact of the matter is that you aren't like failing as some Correct. as an individual because of these large barriers that exist right um, but if we can make these these social norm changes mm -hmm. when you come across that wouldn't it be nice to know that the people around you are there to help you too and help you find yeah. another solution mm -hmm. yeah so, mm -hmm. that's awesome. that can that can be the that can be the delegate um i have a friend who is very non-confrontational mm -hmm. it is not uncommon for her to go get me um, sure. when she needs something, sure. even if it's something simple that doesn't, it's just something perfectly pleasant and fine, but if it makes her uncomfortable, she'll come get me. So maybe your delegate is go get that friend. Mm -hmm. If you're not that friend, you can go get that friend because, because <laughs> I'm always there for her when she needs me. And I guess, you know, part of the closing is, um, understanding that a lot of times the victims in our community are out there alone and they feel very alone. And I, think as we as a community when we start lifting our heads up and looking around and and maybe that one time we can check in and they know that we as a community are watching out for each other that that also uh, supports them and may even provide them with a little more courage so I think as our community can make that shift into a green dot community it um, supports our victims and they see that we support them mm -hmm. at, at the community wide level right and then just before we close some of the ways that people can either learn more about Green Dot as well as kind of keep up with Green Dot. You said there's several Facebook pages, right? Right. Every community has its own Facebook page. So okay. Facebook Kenai, Facebook Homer, Facebook Anchorage, all of those places I know have Facebook pages. So you can follow us on Facebook. Um, you can check out the state website, Green Dot Alaska. Um, so there will be like Green Dot Kenai and Green Dot Homer. And, mm -hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. And of course, they could always welcome to call us here at the Lee Shore Center. Ask for Renee or Ashley, uh, 283-9479. Awesome. Yeah, and I, you know, I think as people here in this community might hear this podcast, maybe they want to share. It's a really small state in the big right, scheme of right, things. Right. And so knowing that we're doing it here, maybe they want to share that message with a family member or friend in another community because... I mean, I think, you know, 50 years out, we would hope that it's a Green Dot state. And then there's a, you said the Green Dot, you can see, find a lot of information like on the state website. Yes. And, okay. Awesome. Renee, Ashley, thank you so much for filling us in. This is a really, really awesome program. I really like it. Aaron, thanks for letting us know all those cool things you learned. And we'll be back, I'm sure. So this is... Uh, Kobe and Eric and Aaron and we're here with Renee and Ashley, uh, you and I for the Kenai. <laughs>